Welcome to Barely on Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, B.A., and I am joined this week by a panel of other Boston Bruins fans like Jeff. Howdy, everyone. And Kate. Good morning. And Tim. Hello. And Anthony. Good afternoon. And our producer, Nick. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Fantastic. Pretty great. <laughs> Holding it together. Satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I might talk like a robot now. <laughs> and talk about how the Bruins have been playing this week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit silly today. I've had a bad week. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the Bruins have played three games, I think, since the last time that we talked last Sunday. Oh, yes, we are recording on November 22nd. Anyway, so the, the Bruins played three games last week, and they've played five games in this homestand, of which they won three. Is that correct? They won three games in this homestand? Better than 500, yes. <laughs> they got yeah. six points. Got out six of points. possible 10 points on the homestand. Any other year, I would not be surprised by this, but this year, I'm, I'm quite surprised by this. <laughs> the bar's been set so low. Um, yeah, so, you know, yeah, the, the bar at home. I mean, when they go on the road, I just expect them to just play a good game and win and all that stuff. But I have to say that I'm kind of giving into this, like, bad luck home stuff right now. So last night, they played against the Maple Leafs, and they, they won two to nothing, which was actually quite amazing because it was quite the defensive battle. Anybody want to chip in on that? I thought they were going to lose like at the last minute, honestly. I was just like, they were playing so well. At least I thought they were playing really well, like throughout just like a really nice, solid game. But the way the Bruins have been this year, I thought that they would be just losing in the last like five minutes or something, like some stupid fluke goal or whatever. But happily, that was not the case. I don't even think they scored until the last ten, uh, five minutes. Three minutes. Oh. Three minutes, I think Three it minutes, was. 13 yeah. seconds. Oh, my God. Amazing. Any, <laughs> what do you think about that, Anthony? Uh, it was a great game for simpletons like myself to watch. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Mr. DuPont, for en- enlightening me on myself. <laughs> did, um, he, did he validate your existence? Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. <laughs> <laughs> Did he actually reply to one of your Twitter comments or what? Yeah. Oh, he retweeted yeah. it. He retweeted, he retweeted it. it with on how I'm simple for simple no, not for enjoying like high games. Yeah, that for enjoying a game that was scoreless until well into the third, which was basically, you know, as Jack Edwards kept explaining, hey, look, Toronto Maple Leafs are learning basic defensive maneuvers here they're actually shoring up their defense they're learning how to be a team you know and you get called a simpleton because of that well congratulations anthony you've made it yes <laughs> you're big time now yeah. you've been insulted by a crazy old man <laughs> <laughs> come on i'm ready for the come on jeff you gotta say it old man yells at cloud <laughs> there it is <laughs> so timmy what do you think about it last night it was a great game. Um, I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, Tuca played well. I, I, I definitely expected that a fluke goal at the end of it by Toronto. I, I just kind of one of those things where you get so close to the end of the game, there's no goal scored yet. I expected them to melt down at the end, and they didn't. So that was absolutely fantastic. 
I thought it was a solid 60 minutes there. Um, it may not have been super excited for the people who have to have goals scored all the time, but it's good to see the team actually play defense and it's not optional this time. So it was good. It's, I'd also like to say it's amazing what happens when you play Trotman with Chara and have Colin Miller in the game. I mean, it's yeah. amazing what the defense can do. Huh? I was just going to say no that. No Kevin Miller. Amazing. Yeah. We're 2-0 and oh in the Without Miller-less. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Miller-less era. Yes. And, and I have to say, I feel happy that the team is playing generally better now that Zydenberg is back. Zydenberg? Zydenberg. <laughs> Zydenberg. I'm definitely sorry. definitely made the PK better oh much better and Absolutely. i thought he played pretty well with Ke- uh, colin miller last night i really think he did because colin miller is like all over the ice and he's doing all sorts of things and and zydenberg could just kind of sit back and just be stay-at-home defenseman which is really yeah. his thing. okay anthony yeah to that point with colin miller and zydenberg colin miller can do his thing and work on the breakout passes and be all over the ice while zydenberg could just clean up the massive should there be one and that's yeah. a good pairing yeah I mean, we always thought that Trotman was going to be with Chara anyway. I mean, after Dougie uh, went to Calgary, we thought that was the natural pairing. And lo and behold, that seems to be working at least one game or two games in, you know. So that's a really good thing. But, you know, I I didn't want to just talk about last night's game because I think something really important happened this week. Not only did the uh, Patriots, (laughs) not only did the Bruins win three games at home, they won... A game against the Wild the other night. Wild are good. And yeah. Louis Erickson, Louis, no offensive instinct. Erickson had a hat trick. Inga dinga You know, so I thought that, you know, it would be a really great time to actually talk about the hat trick, about Louis, about, you know, his future with the Bruins. When we were talking about this stuff beforehand, you know, we were kind of all over the place about what we wanted to talk about, but then Louie just solved it for us. Isn't that really great? That's Thanks, nice Louie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that we have to talk about with regards to Louie is, you know, what kind of player is he? How would you define him? And it looks like Jeff is ready to go. <laughs> all right, Jeff. For a long time, and this is uh, kind of got lost for a long time, and he's one of the premier two-way wingers. We're talking, he's not, he's obviously not, not a Marion Hosa, but... Um, I would put him at top five in terms of in terms of two way wingers. He's excellent on the puck in almost every in almost every zone. He may he visually makes almost every situation he's playing in better too, right? I mean, he's playing enormous amount of time and of ice time both on the penalty kill and the power play. He's 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 a he's a he's a winger version of Patrice Bergeron. Which is it's kind of funny. It's like uh, they wanted to put Erickson on the Bergie line this year, but it didn't really work out as well as it's working out with Krejci. And who, what, whoever is on the other side, <laughs> because it seems to be a, a you know, a, a, door. Yeah, yeah oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that Louis is working out really well with Krejci. That oh. that third goal, on the, on the, on the, uh, 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 it was just just so nice. He practically banked it to himself yeah. off of Krejci. It was just, it was just, it was the kind of hive mind we usually expect to see out of Bergeron and uh, Bergeron and Marchand and Marchand playing together. And instead, we got that there, and it's just like it was. That was just amazing. Was so I like the second goal too, because it was just like he was just like in front of the net, just fighting for the puck, and just finally digging until he like just pushed it past. Uh, who was it? Dubnik. That was good. Yeah. That was really good. I just admire any winger that uh, I, I, well, I think technically he's listed as a right wing, 
but he shoots left. And I just admire any winger that can do that because if they're used to it, suddenly you're in such a better position for, uh, for of course, a one-timer and possibly, you know, better positioning around the net. So I think he's horribly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say underrated, just misunderstood. I think it's a really good point to make because, um, you know, a lot of times the argument for him is that he's underrated, that people don't really appreciate his skills. Um, but maybe we just don't understand them. Uh, Anthony, what do you have to say about he was, that? He was voted most underrated in the NHL while he was in Dallas twice, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. It got to the yep. point where it became sort of a punchline, um, you know, so underrated he was overrated for a while there. But now it's kind of <laughs> come full circle, and I'd argue he's underrated again, again because of those, at least the perceived rough seasons he had to start off with Boston, although last year was not a rough season for him by any measure. Well, <laughs> you know, first of all, he came in under the worst cir- circumstances. Not that I ever want to talk about that trade ever again. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, the casual fan will look over that and see that it was just really a bad deal. Well, he came in and then he had that season where he had, what, the two concussions? So that was also a very false start. There we go. I can tell you, and some of us can agree because they've had the same thing. Concussions really fuck you up. Mm -hmm. Yes, they do. Even mild ones. Absolutely. I'm still screwed up after a mild one. But but anyway, you know, I, you know, I got to tell you. He had those two concussions, and they were very close together. And no mm-hmm. wonder he played terribly. He just didn't look that great. Last year, he started to look a lot better. And this year, I feel like he's just kind of shaken it off. Yeah. You know? And it does take a while. It takes a long time. People don't understand, unless they have concussions, that it takes quite a while to get back to your normal life, to get mm-hmm. things working again. <clears throat> now it's, oh, I'm sorry. Tim looked like he had a point a little while ago. And that's, I was actually going to point to those concussions. I mean, people seem to forget that. People seem to use that as an ex- or say that first year, oh, he's terrible and everything like that, but they don't seem to realize that, hey, he was injured for – he had those concussions back-to-back. And, I mean, he's come back pretty strong. It started kind of in the middle of last year and just kind of carrying it over. Yeah, I mean, and we're not making use for concussions. They really do debilitate you in a way. I mean – there, um, you can talk to any doctor. I even talked to my doctor this week about concussion headaches, you know, and and how I'm still probably not 100%, and it's been almost nine months. So I can totally understand how it takes a long time to recover from that, especially if you're a <clears throat> hockey player. Mm-hmm. I'm going to point out something here. I hope I didn't cut, cut anyone off. Uh, Erickson's actually, if he keeps it up, which we know this is difficult to do, but he'll score, uh, if he keeps up the scoring pace... 39 goals, 39 assists. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, so, which would be okay. 78 points. I mean, the guy's playing extremely well. Yeah. yeah, extremely well. Um, that kind of production is probably not going to continue. But we're looking at most likely his best season in Boston. Which, best season <clears throat> of all of his career, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which coincidentally happens to be a contract year. Yeah, I know people are saying that he's just ramping up because of the contract year, but I don't know. He doesn't seem to be that kind of player. I'm just yeah. I'm just pointing out that it is coincidence that it is happening. Uh, Lucky and, for him. And it is something that we have to consider because yeah. um, at some point the discussion on whether or not he's resigned has to happen. 
we don't want to get into that yet. I want you to think about that for a few minutes because I really wanted to talk about, you know, we, we kind of know what kind of player he is. He's a defensive-minded player who's actually working out pretty well on both the the penalty kill and the power play. But left we or right at, wing. And left or right wing, you I know? That. I love he's, that. He's, he's the kind of player that the Bruins like. He's very versatile, you know? So good in front of the net. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we so, put him in the net? No. would <laughs> <laughs> be better than Tuca, wouldn't he? <laughs> no, no. Tuca's fine. Tuca's awesome. I love start Tuka. anything. No, no, no. But, you know, I, okay, so, you know, we, we know that he's on pace to have a record year um, uh, for points getting. Uh, what more do you expect from him at this point, though, this year? Well, I just kind of want to point out, and he's almost been our replacement for Lucic. I mean, yeah, he's not going out there and you know, busting skulls, but that net front presence, absolutely, the way he can work uh, the boards, oh, he's better along the boards than Lucic uh, ever was. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get the big hits from him, but I'm happy we have him. I just think we're going to see more of the same. This is what happens Definitely. when you have hardworking winger working with David Krejci. Mm-hmm. Who we already talked about has some intangibles yes. that make people around him better. He's no P- to Patrice, but you know, <laughs> it's pretty close. Who is? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. But you know, um, it's a really interesting point about comparing him to Lucic because Luch had, um, he had the, the big body and the ability to uh, really make that timely hit, but we really hadn't seen that in a few years. You know, we saw him kind of going, off the rails a little bit and not really making the strategic um, played hit on somebody. And he was very slow. And it just seems that Louis kind of works a little bit better in the offense. It's good to see somebody who is um, just a better at maneuvering on the ice, who doesn't look like a slow freight train going up the ice, as opposed to, I don't know, somebody who could be an elite scoring machine. Okay, I got a question for you all. You can sure. take some guesses and don't cheat. Don't go on Google. How many penalty minutes does Erickson have since arriving to Boston? Oh, since arriving to Boston? I thought you were going to do this this year. Um, for uh, like three well, years. You got or nothing so? this year so far. Yeah, that's um, correct. Uh, oh, sure. Twenty-six minutes. That's what I'm going to say. I was going to say like yeah, thirty if that. Like maybe twenty-two. Sixteen. Twelve. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess if we're playing the uh, price is right rule, Tim wins because uh, he did not go uh, go over. And he got closest. He has twenty. Wow! Oh. I mean, when That's you can three years. Yeah, uh, of course. Again, this season is young, oh. and he didn't play too much his first. But you can have a guy of that caliber to stay on the ice. You're gonna score more goals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was looking at stats actually of him earlier and I saw, I think it was the last time he had some, any sort of fighting major was like 2005, 2006 or something like that. It's he, he's fought before, but it's been a very, very, he, he's always had like very few penalty minutes. And that was like the last time that his penalty minutes ended in an odd number. So I was like, that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But, wow. Burry's had more fighting and more recently <laughs> than him. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, did you want to say something? Yeah, with Lou Erickson's board play and going back to that, he wins so many puck battles that it just, it doesn't look like he's doing anything out there because he's not grinding it out in the corners or, 
you know, flattening a guy to take the puck off his stick. It's a quick stick lift, and he's off and running with it. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. It's work. amazing what not being injured does to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Also, work, work smarter, not harder. Right. Yeah, Bingo. he's a very smart hockey player. He doesn't have to, like, pound into anyone, really, to, like, get, get the puck. He just kind of just does it somehow, and off he goes. So, basically, what we're saying is that we can expect barring injury to see Louis continue on this trend because how many games are we in? We're in 18 games now. Mm-hmm. Is that 19. 19. 19. Oh, I'm such a bad Bruins fan. Anyway, <laughs> we're 19 games in, which means we're almost at a quarter of the season guys. And we're almost at us Thanksgiving we Can kind of figure out where the, the team is going. And if Louis projects to stay on, if we wanted to say what he's doing right now and times it by four, um, you know, we'll have a, a really good idea of where he's going. Mm-hmm. So that brings me into the next part of the Louis Erickson puzzle. Will he be resigned? And should he be resigned? And, you know, I don't want you to, to, to go, well, we have to cut all these things and whatever. Let's just make an argument for should he be resigned and whether or not you think he will be. So who wants to start with that one? I saw Jeff foaming at the mouth earlier. <laughs> but but, but, but she, some of the things I wanted to say there, she kind of excluded to start with. So I'll say oh. something now. I'll post well, say say what you want to say right now. Come on. Okay. Now, the thing is, of course, we do have to consider there's a lot of factors in the next couple of years that have to be examined in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Marchand comes up in a year, and he's going to get a, he probably get earned a pretty big raise from his $4.5 million right now. Mm-hmm. That said, the same time... Chara's cap hit drops to four million. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, so that helps. And of course, after this year, um, Luch's dead cap space and Kelly come off. Mm-hmm. And then, but also Marshan's contract, same time as Spooner's and uh, uh, Posterix, right? What? And Krug this and Krug this summer. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Is the problem, right? Uh, that said. I really think this team needs Louie for at least the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, none of our winger prospects are anywhere close, are, are, are even vaguely close. None of the, and none of them look to be able to do all the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, like you can, you, you, we have, we have two really strong wingers, strong wingers to, to, to build our, our wings off of between Martian and, 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 and Louie. And while yes, we won't want to commit particularly long term. I think that we do need we need to sign him because we need someone that does all the little things. My suggestion would be five million a year over three. See if he see if he bites. I don't even think he would though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to point out with all that is that, and you're saying that we need Erickson for two more years. You're In looking a- at the Chara playoff window, aren't you? Mm-hmm. The, the, the Stanley Cup. That wasn't final. what I had in my head, but yeah, that's relevant. I think I think it's absolutely re- re- relevant. Because uh, Char is uh, 38 years old this year. Um, and we also have an aging Bergeron who mm-hmm. is contractually obligated for, what, the next five or six years or something? Same thing with Krejci. They're about the same age, aren't they? Krejci's uh, like a year or two younger. You're younger. Like, okay. Yeah. Ber- Bergie's 30, and he's going to be on the wrong side of 30 next year, along, along with, uh, with Erickson. Uh, yeah. They were born, I want to point this out, a week apart. <laughs> Hey. Uh, I am absolutely wow. fascinated by that aspect of them, but that's not what the focus of the show is. <laughs> so, anyway, 
It could be, um, but we're not going to go there anyway, whatever. No, no. So, so, so the point is, is that we have to be looking at the honest Stanley Cup final or the Stanley Cup uh, window for Chara. Um, and we have to look at it for Berge too. Mm-hmm. Because uh, even though we all assume that Bergie's going to get the captaincy when Chara retires, if that happens here or not, um, you know, it's really important that I, I really think that the team wants Chara to get one more shot at it. Of I course. Do. Um, I think he's got a lot of respect amongst the, the rest of his teammates, or at least the teammates that count at this point. Um, and uh, you should be thinking about that anyway. Every year should be a, a a, a cup year. You know, mm-hmm. If you're not thinking that, then um, you're either rebuilding or um, you shouldn't be in the game. No, so, no tanking allowed. So Can anyway, so I think that puts the Erickson argument in, into play in that, well, if you're saying that he needs to be resigned, um, that's a, that's a good argument. If you can make sure that people agree with you on the fact that he is as good as you think he is. I think, I think he does bring a lot to the team that cannot be tracked via Corsi or Fenwick or whichever. I think he does have a solid presence like on the ice in the locker room and that sort of thing, as well as contributing goals. I remember reading what Fluto was saying about this. What was it? A four year contract for 6 million a year. I don't really think that we could do that without seriously like blowing up our team. I mean, I think if we could like maybe shuffle things around or whatever, maybe we could go as high as say like mid fives, but I would be okay with something like, like four years for about like at the very most 5 million for him. I would like to sign him. Um, like I would like him to be a priority actually. Cause I think he does bring a lot to this team that, um, that we really couldn't replace with say like a draft pick or a prospect, you know, if we do trade him, we need to get someone that can be bring something to the team right away. I think so. That's where I'm standing on this. Interesting. Um, you know, I think that uh, with the Kelly money coming off and if you want to follow Chicago's example of making your third and fourth liners underpaid, as compared to what the Bruins are doing right now, I think you could probably afford something like that with Louis. Um, Anthony, what do you think? I think if you don't re-sign Louis in the uh, in this offseason, you're closing the Chara window. I think mm. that window shuts without him. And if you're going to trade Louis, it needs to be somebody to replace Chara in the next couple of years because I don't think he'll resign and he'll just retire at the end of his current contract. What do you think, Nick? It's a, a very simple whether we sign him or don't sign him. But I, I don't know what's I don't I don't know the answer now. But that answer will be determined on February twenty eighth and twenty ninth. Where are the Bruins gonna be in the standings at that time? If it's looking like maybe or no, you gotta trade them. You have to trade him because if you're, the Bruins aren't gonna be elite or pretty good this season, then they're not gonna. That's probably going to be more of the same next and the year after with Char mm. getting older. Um, and let me remind you what can happen at the trade deadline. Then we'll just do anything for anyone. I mean, There's a look, lot of batshit craziness there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when Curtis Glencross gets you a, uh, I think, a second round pick and a third round pick, then holy crap, Erickson's going to be worth, you know, just just give us all the first rounders. Give us every single prospect of any team because that's what, we, that's what he's going to be worth at the trade deadline. 
Um, yeah, a starter of the, the Vermette trade last year is probably your baseline minimum. Yes, absolutely. A, which is a first and a good prospect, if I remember correctly. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the prospect was Klaas Dalbeck. I don't <laughs> know who that is. Uh, and a first. I, yeah. I, I want to point out that the uh, NHL trade deadline in 2016 is February 29th, the hmm. league day. Hey. So I, I just wanted to put that out there. It wasn't that I wasn't paying attention to you. I just wanted to look up when the date was because it's important to know. It's usually like March 1st or March 2nd. It's the 29th of February mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to you have to get something really good. And, you know, I think if Shirelli were still in the GM spot, I think my ch- thoughts of getting something good back would be a lot less hopeful than they are with Sweeney. Sweeney's kind of crazy. He's willing to do a bunch of things. Who knows? It could be good. It could be bad. It's very mystery bag. <laughs> so, Timmy, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think, Louie, you have to decide it before the, before the deadline. I think it's important to try to actually negotiate before the deadline um, if you're going to look to keep him because you can't let him walk at the end of the year for nothing. Mm-mm. So oh, no. if – they need to actually get an idea of what he's asking for, need to negotiate between now and then to see if they get an idea, if they can resign him. I think they need him. I think they should resign him. I just am not too um, positive in the fact that they will. I think at the deadline, they're going to say that, you know what, I don't think we're going to be able to resign him at the end of the year. So we're going to go out and get something for him while we can. And I think that's what ends up happening. However, I would rather, I would much rather see a team with Louis on it next year than without. Um, just because of what he brings to the table overall, I think it's very important. But I just I just have a hard time seeing it. I think with um, Chiarelli, when he was GM, he made a lot of deals with guys who were 30 or over that were longer than they should have been. And I think Sweeney is going to try to stay away from that. So if he can't get him for his terms, he's not going to overpay or give more years. He's just going to be like, all right, that's that's it. See you later. I, I have some hope with Sweeney because he already did not offer McQuaid um, all those no trade, no movement clauses. If you take a look at all of that. <laughs> so true. I think he's actually a little shrewder um, mm-hmm. and a little more austere with his contracts that he's given out. I agree with you on the whole idea of that we, we need to retain some awesome offensive guys and people who know what to do all over the ice in all three zones. Um, so I'm, I'm for keeping Louie, uh, by all means. And we're also going to be shedding a bunch of, co- uh, contracts and money and stuff. And I think that, uh, you know, if we're not going to concentrate on making the defense, the best defense that we could possibly do, which it seems like a very solid defense in the past, then we need to really be bolstering up the, the offense that can do a little bit of both way stuff. Jeff, it looks like you have another comment on that. Well, we were thinking this, you know, Tim's talking about you, know, you have to trade with the deadline if we're not going to re-sign him. Yes. What's going to complement is I'm looking at the the the, uh, the Atlantic Division standings right now, and um, we stand at 21 points right now, fifth in the division. Mm-hmm. We are three points up on last in the division on Toronto, and we are four points behind second in the division with Ottawa. And we mm-hmm. actually um, have the same number of wins as Ottawa. Ottawa just um, has all of the uh, has all points. of the over to loser points exactly, yeah. which means that. The Atlantic is because it's bad. <laughs> um, is wide the fuck open? Except yeah, for we have some games in hand too. We have some games oh, yeah. in hand on some of the yeah, other teams. Yeah, 
we, we have 19 games played. Everyone else is 20 up to 22 in the case of Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and our ROI, our regulation overtime wins is fantastic at 10 because we've won nothing in overtime because we've only had one time. Because <laughs> we've only had one game go to overtime and we lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Um, would you be? This is an open question. I don't know the answer. Would you consider giving Louis a like a two-year deal, but something very high, uh, average cap hit? I mean, this maybe isn't the best comparison, but uh, Paul Stastny with uh, with the Blues. I mean, he's getting overpaid at uh, seven million a season. Ooh. Um, About three years. Yeah. Another case would be Redeem for Bada. Um, what was it? Five five for two that that, that Vancouver mm. gave him. <laughs> It just really depends on what we can play with at the end of the year. Like, I know, like, I would like to keep Marchand. I know we're going to have to, like, pay a lot of other people. It just really depends on what we can manipulate. And then after that, like, the two years, like, does that mean, like, okay, we're going to shop you now? Or is that, like, because then, like, maybe he'll want more? Or I don't know. Maybe he'll be open for, like, a hometown discount or, like, just wanting to keep and maybe end his career in Boston. But I don't know. I would give him a one-year higher number like one year seven million i mean because that's i mean if you're doing one year i mean you, you almost have to yeah you have to yeah. go high yeah yeah I mean, I, oh for sure i you know i, I mean i put this out a, a few weeks ago in a written thing and and i had somebody clarify it i think it was jeff who clarified it for, clarified it for me i'm not really used to the cap system in hockey i'm used to cap systems sure i'm well versed in football and their cap systems are enigmas but anyway um <laughs> So the, the the hockey one is like one of those things where it's taking me a while to wrap my head around why contracts are so long. And then I now finally understand where it's like, well, you're giving the player the money. You're just spreading it out over such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. It You know, I needed somebody to clarify that for me because I don't really specialize in contract law because I'm not a contract lawyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so but. I don't know. I'm one of those kind of people where I kind of almost would rather give somebody a one-year high-level, high high number of money um, just to see if that's going to get us closer to where we want to be or to where we want to be. Mm. Um, I guess um, I'm not much of a gambler, but I'm a gambler in that respect. That said, there's a lot of RFAs going into next year, right? Like we only have three defensemen signed after this season. Um, so a lot of money next year for one player could cause us some issues elsewhere. Mm. Yeah, it's a real Shirelli move. I'm a real dog. <laughs> because, because, yeah, because all four of, of Krug, Morrow, Trotman, and Miller are all RFAs next summer. Ooh. Colin Miller. Yeah, the Miller that matters. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin well, Miller's also they RFAs. Both are. They both are. Well, well you let the Kevin Miller anyway. do a thing. And he's only going to be making or like leaving us with like eight hundred thousand or so, like not even a million. So, I think that's what it is, right? Yeah, he's uh, six. He's let me see. I got it here. Eight hundred thousand. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I hate to say that's it, the way I feel about this defense, other than Chara and a few other people who are well signed, and we don't have to worry about them, is that yeah, whatever. I mean, oh, I'm, really? not as, I'm not as sold on Tory Krug, although I think he makes a better defensive effort lately yeah. than I, I have seen before. I think he's really playing for a contract. But um, Kevin Miller can go. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Joe Morrow's been unimpressive as well, right? Like this yeah. year, last year he looked a lot more prom- uh, promising, but I think that everybody is expecting too much out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know what he is. Is he a stay at home? Is he a scoring guy? How he many doesn't goals know either. Is I think that's yeah, a problem. He, and he, yeah. he's a fourth year pro, and he was a first round pick. So there's a lot. There's a lot on that, right? It's hard to say what's what what, what, what Joe Morrow is and where where he's going with that. <laughs> I would really like to talk about Morrow on the um, prospects show. Yeah, okay. We're going to we'll do that um, because uh, I really want you guys to all teach me about the finer pros- uh, 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 the finer aspects of looking at prospects because I don't really understand it, but. This isn't all about me because I just saw that Anthony has a point. So, Anthony. I feel like Morrow, if we're just a quick blurb about him, is a lot like Bartowski where he was a good skater, but not really offensive-minded, not really defensive-minded, but he does well enough to not kill you, which is better (laughs) than Bartowski. Oh, God. Bad luck, Bart. Bart. <laughs> Poor Bart. Oh. I hate Bart so much. That's oh why you know we do. That's my favorite kind of defenseman. The guy that doesn't kill you but doesn't impress you. No, it's not. It's not. Hey, if that's For the a- record, I, I love my stay-at-home defensemen. They're not flashy. But that's the that's the kind of position I can play. <laughs> hey, in rec league hockey, those kind of defensemen are like the best. <laughs> What was that? In rec league pickup hockey, those kind of defensemen are the best. It's like, yeah, our defenseman didn't turn the puck over in our own zone. He's the best ever. He's the best ever. <laughs> I'm an awesome defenseman. It's yeah. true. Um, just play at the yeah. red line in rec league. You'll you'll be the best ever. I just got trouble like in gym class playing floor hockey because when I had to play defense, I just I wanted to be a winger. <laughs> I never had a shot on goal. I never had a shot on goal. I was really good at getting you into the wall and getting you to cough up the puck. <laughs> and then my wingers would come in and take the puck away because my other defensemen sucked. You know, um, I could keep you away from the goal and uh, I could go to the red line and shoot the puck to my wingers. There you go. I was awesome. Now, if I could just fucking skate, <laughs> I'd be great. You know, oh, I broke both my ankles and ice. I'm a little oh. bit sensitive to that. So anyway, okay, Anthony, I'm assuming Tim is giving me a different signal. Anthony. Just to go off topic here with the whole gym floor hockey thing, my freshman year of high school, we had our, you know, winter classic type, not winter, winter carnival type scenario where all the, all the grades would play in competitions against each other to who was the best. And I scored playing right wing, playing floor hockey, four goals against a senior goaltender. Who was a goalie in high school? Woo! Dang. For nice. some club team. Nice. And so he was wasn't amazing. a good goaltender, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> but he was a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a Mike Smith without the oh. extra coaching. Oh. Hey, fall down that goaltender coach. The puck in his pants. <laughs> that yes. goaltender coach in in um in Coyote Land. Because Sean that's Burke. what I'm going to call it. Sean Burke, yeah. <laughs> okay, apparently he's really awesome because Devin yeah. Kutnick was just lost after he left Edmonton because Edmonton just left him high and dry. And it was just Nick- that last season, though. He was, so, he was fine before that, right? You know, average-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Dallas Aikens really hurt a lot of people in that team. Oh, he ruined Yakupov. Oh. <laughs> Dallas yeah. Aikens even hurt me somehow. That's how bad of a coach he was. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm going to just say that I went to the first home game of that season of 2013, October 8th, 2013. It was Joey Moss night, which was awesome because we got to celebrate his birthday. And I got to see Andrew Ference's face pressed against the glass because I was sitting right behind the glass. It was all excellent, except I didn't want him pressed against the glass. But hey, whatever. And they won that game. They won that game. It was the first game they won that season. Hey. Wasn't many wins that season, but I couldn't go to all the games. Okay? Mm-hmm. So anyway, yes, Dallas Aiken ruined them. And uh and Devin Dubnik did not play that game. That was La Barbara. Oh wow. I learned really like to just skate back and forth all the time. I mean they were both huge, but La Barbara was like six three. Dubnik's six six and he's like massive. I didn't realize yeah. he was that big. He is. It's he's, crazy. He's, he's Ben Bishop Anders Lindbach uh, style huge. Yeah. yeah. And I am, I just want to say, despite the loss this week, you know, I know he's with the, the Wild and I'm not rooting for the Wild or anything. I really like Dubnik. I want good things for him because I think that the Oilers screwed him up so bad that he needs to have some good things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That has nothing to do with Bruins hockey, but, but you know, <laughs> just to have him aside. So hey, I said Andrew Ference. There yeah. was something Bruins either. <laughs> well, typically, the the other team we talk about uh, in this podcast is the Habs. So talking about the Wild as the expert, <laughs> let's do it. I I can why not? Oh, with this. I, but I was I was talking about the Oilers too. Yeah, that's true. Which is my unofficial other team because Andrew's there mm-hmm. anyway, and he's not playing very much. And when he does play, he isn't playing very well. But oh, like, I'm sorry. Ninety five. Ninety five. Isn't he that old? Parents these days. <laughs> he's thir- he's thirty six cool. years, years that is old. That's not cool. He's thirty six <laughs> because he is my nephew's age. Oh, if looks oh could kill God. Nick. <laughs> and I hockey, just want to point out that years. That's old. My it is. it is it is and it's old to have nephews that are that age. My I have nephews and nieces that are older than many of you. Oh, I'm the youngest here. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, are you? Yeah. Yeah, he is. Okay. How old are you? I'm 26. Tim. Yep. I'm 27. Really? Anthony. 27. Wow. The youngest. I have. Try to think. I, just, I, I might thought have... you guys were like 24. I don't know why. Do you but... realize that we span three decades? <laughs> That's amazing. No, we have it. This is what makes barely on topic so amazing. Is yes. we have a very <laughs> diverse good, diverse panel. All across this country. We have the most females and the most old females. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> For the listeners, that was a Skype high five. <laughs> Woo! Okay. I would say that we were spinsters, but that's not true. You don't have a cat. <laughs> no, I don't. I only have one cat. So, although I grew up with five, oh, I'm not entirely sure that counts. But uh, in this case, but, no. Um... Well, I had five <laughs> cats because I had no dogs, so that's how it works. Uh, okay. All right. So anyway, let's clean this up. I think we're all done talking about the uh, Louis stuff. Time to talk about what our bare necessities are, what we're going to drink while we're watching the Bruins this week. Um, Anybody know how many games are happening this week? What, two or three? I know we have the matinee on Friday. 
got Toronto tomorrow, and then the Rangers, which I don't know if that's the Friday game you're talking about. Yes. Okay. I'm just double-checking. We also have the Wings on Wednesday. Oh, that's right. I'm looking forward to that game. Okay, (laughs) we have three games this week, so we have to um, choose our alcohol wisely. So, why don't we start with, uh, Jeff, what are you going to be drinking this week for your bare necessities? Well, I um, uh, it's in stock now. It's a, a seasonal beer from uh, Granville Island Breweries out of uh, Vancouver called Lions Winter Ale, which is uh, fantastic, chocolatey, nutty, and I love it. So um, it's going to be that while they still have it in stock, probably in in um, pretty consistently going forward for the time being too. <laughs> Excellent. Get things while they're in stock and clean them out of the stock. Sounds like a good idea. How about you, Kate? Oh, um, I still have that root beer, the uh, not your dad's root beer thing that um, I'm probably going to be drinking for a while now. But I'll probably be drinking that during the games with ice cream, probably. Did you like buy like a case of it? Oh, no, just a six pack. <laughs> <laughs> just a six pack. Just curious, you know, because um, I'm going through three beers on this podcast. Still <laughs> too early for that for me right now. But, yeah, you know. maybe just being in the West Coast, you know. Kegs and eggs, do it up. <laughs> Caesars are that's, that's what Caesars are for. <laughs> mm. Oh my God! It reminds me of the Foxy Lady in Providence, which does steak and eggs or legs and eggs. That's what it is, legs and eggs. Oh God. Okay. Well, Tim, why don't you tell me about your bare necessities? Hopefully- yes, I'm probably going to be doing um. Since the winter stuff is out for beers, I'm probably going to be doing a Shipyard Prelude, which is their winter ale, which is pretty good. That sounds fancy. Oh, you're respecting yourself a little bit more this week. <laughs> a little bit more, yeah. <laughs> and it's pay week, so I mean, <laughs> hey. well. You can splurge. You can splurge, splurge a little bit. All right, how about you, Anthony? Bourbon. <laughs> not, not even like sidecars in Manhattans. It's just straight bourbon. Bourbon. Taking a note from my book there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just finished the Four Roses right now, and uh, I have a bottle of Evan Williams, so that's what I'm hitting now or next. Is that left over <laughs> from the party still, or? Yes. <laughs> Oh my nice. god! I I feel a drawing coming on bourbon. Bourbon. <laughs> it's like ding a bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or even like a cheers greeting. Bourbon. <laughs> that was the that was what I was going for. Was a cheers greeting. Hey, we're in the same wavelength because we're the third pairing of the 2011 championships. Yes. <laughs> All right, Nick. Why don't you tell me? Tell us what you're well, drinking. Now that uh, Narragansett follows me on Twitter, I'm going to have to pick Narragansett because that is a beer made on honor and sold on merit. That is a <laughs> sweet beer. That is a fine for all occasions. I also like to drink it in the mornings, noon, and night. <laughs> Narragansett beer made on honor, sold on merit. He's That's going for a sponsorship. That was most excellent. <laughs> and can I just tell you something? You know why I like the fact that you're drinking Narragansett? Why is that? Because I'm a Rhode Islander. Rhode Island, yeah. yeah. I'm from Rhode yeah. Island. I go cruising with Shevel and Cranston <laughs> all the time. It's I, I busted out story. some Rhode Island ease for you. Yeah, I I need it because now that uh, you know Narragansett follows me on Twitter, I need to get the lingo right. 
You're totally yes. coming up for Rhode Island. I call them water fountains, bubblers, and uh, don't pronounce the R, and you're good to go. Bubbla. Bubbla. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. Cohog. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. We'll we'll teach you. Thank you. We'll teach you all this stuff. You know, I'm looking forward to Rhode Island Day next year, next summer. Rhode Island Day. It is happening. It is going to be so awesome. It's going to be bakery pizza. It's going to be like. I guess if you want the cohogs and stuff, stuff cohogs, that's fine. You know, go down to Gansett, go down to Newport. It's going to be a good time. Anyway, what am I drinking this week? Well, I have to say that sadly, I only have one Narragansett that I just drank. Aww. <laughs> the Lovecraft Reanimator Hellas Laga. Laga. <laughs> that was perfect. I was trying to say, I was trying to go into German, Helles Lager, but it came out Lager. So, um, yeah, so unfortunately, I only have just a little bit of Narragansett in the uh, Alley's Porter, but uh, I'm sure I'll find some other things to, to put in that other than just the Shamboard. But anyway, yeah, uh, I've got beer, lots and lots of beer. Apparently, that's what kind of mood I'm in beer, winter. Good. Mm-hmm. It works. I'm German. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's time to move on to the end. Thank you for listening to Barely on Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast. We recorded this on Sunday, November 22nd, and hopefully it'll drop very soon, probably the Tuesday after. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Barely on Topic. We have a Facebook page, which is also called Barely on Topic. I think it's facebook.com backslash Barely on Topic. You can find us. Just do a search. We're on iTunes. And we are now on iTunes. Just search Ooh. iTunes to find us. Uh, barely on Topic there. And we're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com. Barely on Topic. Oh, and we're in Stitcher, too. I forgot. Oh, it's just like you just go on the Stitcher the app or the web page and just type in Barely on Topic, and there we are. Excellent. Good work, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. Word. Word. <laughs> Word. Oh, God. Word. Um, yeah. 